Hey, hey, everyone. In this episode of Dear College Students, I will be talking with Andrew Dupeva. Andrew graduated with his bachelor's in corporate finance and accounting. Andrew is one of the top upcoming business and brand consultants helping entrepreneurs monetize their passion, start their business, and manifest their five-year vision. He is the CEO of Young Hustlers Under 40 and of... An upcoming entrepreneur development network and the COO of Shuval Brothers LLC, a demolition company. Drew has helped write over 10 business plans, consulted over 30 businesses and entrepreneurs, barbershops, salons, restaurants, consultants, etc., and spoken to over 150 students, over 100 adults, and over 100 entrepreneurs at various workshops conferences and events around the east coast and andrew i want to thank you for being on this podcast nah man thank you um i definitely appreciate just the opportunity to not only talk to a a, a like-minded peer of mine and then at the same time just the opportunity to kind of just share my story to the world and the listeners too so thank you (laughs) no problem and i first want to start off by asking you how did you get to where you are today? Because you're, when I read your resume, I was so impressed. It's just like, you know, being in this generation, like you're, yeah, you have a lot of credentials. I just want to know, like, what motivated you? How did you get to where you are today? Damn. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, what did they say? It's like, it's not a straight journey. It definitely wasn't a straight journey or an easy journey. Um, the past definitely wasn't clear. When I graduated high school, I literally thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and then I, I actually first majored in biology. Um, but I always knew that I wanted a business. And the reason why is because I knew that in America, in order to buy your freedom or in order to, I guess, to, to be financially free, you're going to have to have businesses. You're going to have to have investments. So I, I was looking at that even though I wanted to be a doctor. Um, immediately after taking some of those courses in college, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I don't necessarily want to be a doctor, um, the way that I see it in America or in this society. And what I mean by that is I didn't want to go through med school. I didn't want to take 20, 30 years of school. I'm someone who really likes to just jump right in and just get going and start learning through experience. I, I don't, I don't do well with just sitting in front of a book or, just reading, 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 and never apply. So for me, how I got on this journey is immediately right when I realized I started learning more about myself and what I didn't want to do, which was obviously not being a doctor. So took that off the list and just focused in on um, business and what I could do with business. And I just jumped right in. You know, I didn't necessarily have um, what business idea I wanted to start. I didn't have um, I didn't even know what I was good at with business, but I knew that I wanted to do it. So I just jumped right in and started trying a little bit of everything. Um, and then I took the feedback. I took some results. I analyzed my results, self-reflection. I uh, also listened to what other people were telling me and what other people were gravitating towards. But then from there, that's kind of how I got to this point today is just learning like, okay, this is what's working. This is what's not working. This is what people gravitate to. This is what people don't gravitate to. And this is what I'm good at and not good at. Jeez. Wow. And that was only the first question. And I got plenty more for you. So the second, <laughs> so the second question is, what are some of the adversities that you had to overcome to get to where you are? 
would say the first one is myself. Um, and it's still it's still one of my biggest adversaries, right? And it's probably everyone's biggest adversary is yourself. Um, I talk a lot, me and my friends, we talk a lot. It's kind of like a little small mastermind group that we have. And we just like to share jewels and, and mindful thinking tips. And one of the things is like, a lot of the times when we look at our problems or our situations or things we're unhappy with in our reality or whatever, or the obstacles were presented, it's really just because of you. Um, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, yeah, I'm the one that caused this problem. And sometimes it's not necessarily you literally being in your way, but it's the way you think. It's the way you perceive the world. It's the way your energy is vibrating across the world. That That's kind of what manifests the obstacles in your way. So I've been learning to just allow things to happen naturally and also take the good out of each obstacle, out of each challenge. Um, and from there, it won't necessarily be too much of an obstacle. Instead, it's more of like a stepping stone. So I've been trying to just reframe my mindset and a lot of the things that I that I see as obstacles or one size obstacles and just use them as stepping stones. Wow. But there's days where, where I do get in my own way and I, I kind of, I feel like I'm living in a fit, like, there's small days or very minimal days where I feel like, yo, my mindset is very fixed. I need to snap out of it and get back to that growth mindset. So on those days where it's, it is a fixed mindset, I'm definitely my biggest obstacle. <laughs> I, I definitely know what you mean um, there because especially, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, it's so easy just to kind of go with the flow. And like you said, that fixed mindset. And I catch myself doing it too. And then when I start getting into that fixed mindset, it's like, nah, I, I need a change somewhere in my life, you know? Yep. And can you just elaborate on your business that you started and the steps that you took to start it? Of course. Um, so the first business, um, this is my main um, business. It's uh, Entree Dupe Consulting. Um, so this is a small business consultant. Um, right now I'm helping businesses with startup plans. Um, business plans, I should say, marketing plans, and then manifesting their five-year vision. Um, and that's really all going back to the business plan. Um, so that's what I learned a little bit in college was about the business plan and some of the things that business owners should think of. And then I started diving into that, like, okay, what about these different departments within a corporation that businesses need to have? And that's when I started testing them out myself. I started testing out different marketing task strategies. I started testing out um, different business operations. Okay, what if we wholesale and then resell? Like some of those different concepts. Um, and I started reading more about it from other businesses as well. So that's that's how I started this business, um, the Entree Dupe Consultant. It's just by diving in, like I like I said before, um, diving in and helping the, the entrepreneurs that were near me. Um, a lot of my friends and my peers, they, they have a, an idea or they're very entrepreneurial, but they don't necessarily have the tools or the mindset to, to kind of put it all together, package it, and then launch it. So that's something that I've been helping them with. And I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Um, but that's that's how I started that first business. Um, and then uh, Young Hustlers on the 40, um, me and my partner, Dejoli Kumi, um, we created Young Hustlers on the 40 because we were doing a lot of events. Um, during college, we had uh, we started an investment club. Um, the investment club was a private investment club, um, and we raised about 10000 from friends and family, um, and we invested 1000 into the S&P 500. With that, 
we were trying to get more members to join more friends or friends of friends people that we didn't know and people were starting to come to our monthly meetings to learn about the investment of learning about investing in stocks and all that sort of stuff and we realized that we were good with um, bringing people together, specifically minorities. We realized we were good at bringing young minorities um, together to talk about finance, to talk about wealth, to talk about um, business ownership and things of that nature. So from there, we realized, okay, we necessarily can't monetize the investment club because we don't have our licenses and in, in investments, mm-hmm. but we could monetize bringing people together to talk about these topics. Um, so that's kind of how we came up with Young Hustlers on the 40. How do we build a network of these minority entrepreneurs that want to create generational wealth for them and their families and break these cycles? Um, so that's that's the main mission. And that's really how it started. Again, it's looking at what people gravitated to um, and what we were good at and trying to package it up together to, to monetize. Jeez, and what is the hardest part about becoming such a young entrepreneur? Um, I think I think you said it, just being young. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, and, and, and I try not to I try not to look at age as like a I never look at age as a as a factor of any of my decisions or anything. Um, but the reality is, is when you step into a room and you're telling people that hey, I'm a business owner, or hey this is what I do, or you're trying to sell them a product, age is sometimes a, a factor um, in that person's decision. So I think one of the, the hardest part about being a young entrepreneur is your limited experience on earth, your limited experience of being a business owner, your limited experience with dealing with people selling the product because you're so young and you can't just add time or make up time or speed up time. Like the only, only way like you can get more experiences with through more time um so for me how, how i ca- kind of overcame that or how i try to solve that problem is just by having more experience like i was reading the tony robbins book um awaken the giant within and he was talking about if people want to get good at something you just double up or you 10x how many times you do it until you it's muscle memory and like for him he wanted to be a better speaker so he wasn't gonna wait to do 20 20 speaking gigs a year he's like alright if I want to get better I might have to do 20 speaking gigs a day or 20 speaking gigs in a month from there at the, at the end of that year from doing 20 speaking gigs a month at the end of the year he's going to be very good at speaking you know what I mean because right. he kept he kept growing and he kept doing it so even if you're young just do it so many times and you'll be able to get that experience that you're missing and what are some of the pressures that you face being a CEO and a COO? I would say um, as CEO, some of the pressures, and I don't have any employees yet, but obviously my plan is to grow with employees. <laughs> so even with that in mind, it's, it's kind of tough because everybody knows, well, most business owners know that as a CEO or as a business owner, it's very lonely up top, right? right. Um, and it's a cliche thing to say, but it, it's very real. Um even with my business partner, it's like, again, there's still a hierarchy, right? And there's certain roles everybody has to play. And for me to be at the top, like, he's very, he's a very great team player. And I appreciate him for that. But at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff falls on me. A lot of the last decisions fall on me. A lot of the, the, the problems, if anything goes wrong, if um, we did something wrong, a customer is unhappy, who is it going to end up on? Me. 
So as CEO and as I as I look to the future to, to grow the team, um, and we've dippled and dabbled with different people to try to volunteer and see if they fit in the team. And it was always tough because at the end of the day, nobody can duplicate my energy. Nobody can duplicate the vision that I have. Nobody can duplicate the amount of work that I would put in for the dream. So it was always hard to realize, like, damn, I can never find another me to help me with this business. What I would have to do is just find my weaknesses and then allow them to just master that weakness and then not find someone else for another weakness and someone else for another department. So it's a hard realization, but I'm happy I'm realizing it and I got to continue to just learn how to bring people together. And what motivated you to get into business? Um, kind of going back to like that, that senior year of high school when I was mm-hmm. entering college. Uh, of course, I had that mindset of, okay, I want to be a doctor. Um, the reason why for that one is just because I like, um, I like, uh, like working, I guess I like tough projects. Um, mm-hmm. it sounds weird because it's like, for, as a doctor, I wanted to be like a heart surgeon, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it's like, that's, when I say that, people are like, damn, that's like one of the hardest like jobs, you know, and it is. And that's why I like that. I love the challenge. I love just the project. And also at the same time, like you're helping someone with their heart. Like that's one of the biggest like um, parts of the body. That's like one of the most vital parts of the body, I should say. Um, and you're helping with that. And at the same time, I realized like, okay, maybe I don't want to do that. But what motivated me to jump into the business was like, even if I want to be a doctor, I'm still going to need businesses. Like I was saying earlier, I'm still going to need business. I'm still going to need investments to be to be financially free. Because what I noticed about being a doctor when I was reading upon it was that you work a lot of hours. You work like 80 hours a week. You know what I mean? Um, you didn't. And then malpractice insurance is like 100000 at least a year. So it's like, yeah, you make some money, but you got to spend a lot of money. You also lose a lot of your time. And that's why you get paid a lot. And you also have a lot of responsibility on your shoulder. And for me, it was like, I've got, I got to make sure that being a doctor is not my only source of income because I don't want to be trapped in that position of being a doctor for the rest of my life, not even being able to see my family, not being able to have fun or travel or grow and learn other things or even try a new career. So business was that solution to me it was always like okay if I have a business even if I'm not in there um, that business will help me with the money so that I can do other things and going off of that I want to ask you what is the most or what was the most um, interesting conference that you spoke at and why Um, so I wouldn't call them conferences Um, the only conference that I did get to speak at was just the, the one that I that I, um, that me and my partner um, hosted. Okay. And it wasn't it wasn't as big, so I, I even still then like we called it the Wealth Creation Conference. Oh, okay. And, and it was it was a great. The concept was great, but we didn't put enough promo into it, so the turnout mm. or the attendees wasn't as much as we wanted it to be. But the people that were there were great. It was great value value people. Um, but I wouldn't call it a conference just because the the amount of attendees, but that even stood then the greatest event that I spoke at. Um, I would have to say the father's. Oh, actually, it was the this damn damn. That's hard. That's <laughs> trying to make me. <laughs> um, I'm a, I, I'm gonna say two, and okay. for different reasons. 
Um, I spoke at the, the at a T-Talk church in Randolph, and this was for the their their the members who go to the church, and it was on like one of their off Saturdays. Um, and there was a lot of it was actually a lot of women, a lot of mothers, um, a few men, and I really liked that one because what I was talking about that day was um, generational wealth and what are their steps we need to start taking before we can even think about generational wealth or even think about wealth creation. Um, what are the preliminary steps that we need to take care of, like saving 10 Gs to 20 Gs for a future down payment and then building up your credit score to 750 plus. Small preliminary steps like that. Um, I really enjoyed that. Then the second event was at the Millie blog. The Millie blog is a network for millennials. They do a lot of events and one of their events that they, their staple events um, is called the Money Moves, and I was able to speak at that event as well. That one, so you see the two different demographics. I got to speak for the older right. crowd at the church and the younger crowd at the Millie Blog, and it was the same concept. It was the same um, topic that I was talking about, which was the preliminary steps. Um, and I really enjoyed giving that that presentation because a lot of the times we're always like, okay. How do we create wealth? How do we create wealth? What do we need to do? What do we... And it's like, you can find all that information, but there's certain preliminary steps that we all need to have in order before we even start thinking about wealth creation and trying to make things harder for ourselves. Wow. And I want to go in and ask you, um, I have three final questions for you. And Mm -hmm. the first one is, what are some of the life lessons that you learned from failure? Wow. Um, it was actually there's, there's one failure in particular, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this, this is a common failure for 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 anybody in this world, and it's love, right? right. <laughs> they said like the three things that would make someone very successful: it's getting your heart broken, being broke. I forget the last one. I think it's death or being close to death. Uh-huh. Someone. Um, for me. Um, it, that heartbreak or whatever I wanted I wanted someone so bad right or whatever it was it was obviously her that I wanted but maybe it was also just the whole idea that regardless um, I wanted her so bad I loved the chase to get her but at the end of the day it didn't happen and for me that was like the first time where as ambitious as I am that was really the first time where I set my mind to something and maybe I didn't set it as clear enough. Maybe I didn't set it up, set it um, with genuine enough or whatever it was. I don't think it was the same way I've done other goals. But with this in particular, I set my mind to it and I didn't get it. And it was like the first time I was like, well, like 21. It was like the first time I ever felt like a strong rejection of something that I can't have, something I can't do. Like there's no ifs, ands about it. You know what I mean? Like, I remember in high school when my guys counselor tried to tell me like, yeah, you're, you're better off going to community college. You're not going to be able to go to four year college. You're not going to be able to be a doctor. Boom. Years later, I see her at the bank that I was working at. She's, and she's telling me like, damn, like you better than me. It's like, I know I'm better than you. It's not, you know, like, I'm not even trying to like make food or anything like that. Right. But it's like, I worked hard to fix my mind so that it's stronger than people like her. And so I overcame that and I was like, yeah, even if she's telling me all this stuff, whatever, I'm mm-hmm. still going to be able to go to four year college. And that's exactly what I did. Right. And it's like, with 
that girl, I couldn't get her, you know what I mean? So, like, the life lesson is what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, sometimes you really, you there, there, it taught me that there's things in life that is just not for you, things that you just can't have. Um, it also taught me, like, you, like my, I can't allow my ego to think, like, yeah, man, I can get anything that I want. Like right. it, I guess it humbled me. It humbled me, you know. Um, but now that I'm back, like I've been back for a while, but now I'm stronger than ever. It, it's kind of funny because now I feel like I feel like the person that I was before I went on the pursuit to get her. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel, I, I feel at that time I was blinded with ego, and now I'm not blinded with ego, but I'm very confident, and I still feel like I could do whatever I want and get whatever I want, but. It's different now, so it's, it's it's much different now. And the second question is: If you had the opportunity to spend the day with three people, who would they be and why? Damn, with three people, spend the day with three people. Um, that's a tough question. That's probably like like one of the toughest, not toughest, but like I like that question a lot, man. Um. I feel like breaking it down in categories, like okay. for for like my happiness or for love, it would have to be you know my mom. I like even as an entrepreneur, I don't even get to spend a lot of time with my mom. So I would love to just spend a whole day with my mom, go to the spa, get a massage, get my get our like our feet done, you know, right. like go to the beach too, like because we don't get to do that a lot. And at the end of the day. You shouldn't want to spend time with, like, you should only want to spend time with people that you love. And I love my mom the most in this world. So, you know, I would love to do that with her. And I, I will, too. Right. The second person is probably more centered around business and what I can learn from that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might have to be, you know, maybe, I guess, Warren Buffett. Because, like, yeah. he really... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like not even monetarily, like because of it, because of what he's done monetarily, but more so, like he's helped me um, understand business when in senior year of high school. Like he helped me realize, like yo, look for the value in a company. Don't look for the hype. Don't look for the growth. Don't look for the news. Look for the true intrinsic value. Um, and he's very frugal. I like how frugal he is, but it's not frugal to be like super cheap and picky about stuff it's frugal to make better investments um and then the third person the third person um um i'm not even sure about the third person to tell you the truth i'll probably just say myself okay like, just have a whole day myself <laughs> that's real that's just real and <laughs> the last question is what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur who is struggling trying to start their own business? Um, I would say probably like take a step back, you know, because um, there should be no struggle in starting the business. There should be no struggle in like growing, and because at the end of the day, if you're not able, if whatever that you're doing, if you're not able to get at least a little bit better the next day, or at least the next week, or the next month then it's just, it's not working. You really need to stop everything and kind of restart. But if you are progressing even just a little bit each week, each day, each month, um, then you're not necessarily struggling. You know, the pace might be slow, um, 
on, but you're not necessarily struggling. Again, it's that mindset. 